I just want to welcome everyone to day 15 of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I know we all look forward to that and probably look forward to it with anticipation too, like, uh, of the fasting part of it. But um, I don't know about you, but I've gone through quite a bit of withdrawals. But we're past the halfway mark. But we're doing something different. I didn't hear if Michael talked about it or not. But this week, we will be live every morning at 6 a.m. doing the prayer. So the previous two weeks, we have been following with Church of the Highlands. And of course, you can watch it anytime during the the 24-hour period. And it drops off. And ours are now going to pick up the same way. So you'll be able to watch us live. You can be here with us in the room, or you can just join us as you're getting ready for school. So you're brushing your teeth and just agreeing in Jesus' name. Um, but we will be live right here on the same channel, belongdfw.tv or on your Apple TV or your all the different apps that you're on. So all of that stuff is good stuff. So 6 to 7 a.m. we will be here. Of course, Saturday will be the regular time of 9 to, t- I'm sorry, 8 to 10. 8 to 9, good grief. I'm trying to make it a two-hour prayer time. This week in 21 Days of Prayer, though, beyond all the stuff that we're praying, we've got the prayer guides that we're going to be going through, and there'll be a short message. And you may say, what's it going to be like to pray for an hour? I don't think I can pray for five minutes, much less an hour. It's all structured. We have a worship song. We have a short message to kind of focus us in on what we're going to actually be praying this day, and it all works out really well. But one of the things I want us to specifically pray for this week and focus on is our missionaries. So we have the Kulkers in Mexico. We also have Pastor Jay Threadgill in Haiti. And Pastor Jay just went through um, a death, a tragic death of his son. And that's a difficult thing. And and I'm sure the enemy is trying to use that as a distraction for Pastor Jay. So let's keep them in our prayers. And I've been telling you for weeks that we're adding um, another missionary. And so um, we're adding, and I'm going to tell you about him this morning. And the name, I'm probably going to mess up the name. So Debbie, please be gracious and full of mercy for me, but um, her husband is Playman, I'm guessing, and Debbie Tozloff, and they're in Sofia, Bulgaria. It's New Generation Church, and they sent us a picture of them as, as greetings for Christmas, and there we go. So I went to, uh, Debbie was on staff with me at CFNI whenever I was in the 80s, uh, director of the audio. She was the director of the deaf department, and she ended up going as a missionary over there and meeting um, Playman, and they ended up getting married, and then they adopted their son, and we'll be having more information to tell you all about them. They have a huge conference over there, and God's just done some amazing really, really amazing things in their lives, and um, we're partnering with them, and, and almost every week, Debbie's watching and sending us little greetings, you know, hi from Bulgaria, we're watching with you, and it's just still blowing my mind that people from all around the world are able to watch and join in with us, so hi, Debbie, welcome to um, our church, and I'm sure it's a lot colder there, maybe summer there, I don't know, but um, anyway, here we go. So this morning's message uh, is going to kind of follow through on the, the same theme that we've been doing from the first of the year. And, and I gave a challenge to many people outside the walls, and I'm giving the challenge several times inside our walls for, and I'm calling it a hashtag 52-week challenge. And, and the purpose of it is to say, hey, can we make intentionality for going to church or going to the message from a church for 52 weeks? course, there's 52 weeks in a year. So in that year, give God a year to see what changes can happen inside of us. So the specific challenge that I've given to many 
because I know it's difficult with their work schedules and all the things going on is can you at least watch or listen to the service every week at some point because it's up there 24 hours a day you can listen to it on your way home from work or on your way to work or you know while you're getting ready or any of those things and they're you know not that long and then once a month can you try and be actually with us in person and I know many people have said, okay, I'm going to try and rise to the challenge. And, and as I see them during the week, and as you're listening in and I see you during the week, I, I'm just so excited about the stories that I'm hearing and just the life that I'm seeing in, in everyone's life. And that's what it's all about. But this week, as we continue on kind of in that same thread, I want us to look at that it is God who is at work in your life. And I want to say that again. It is God who is at work in your life. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says, And we know that in all things God works. And, 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 and I had him pause the, the scripture there because it goes on, and we'll look at that in just a moment. But I wonder if we do know that. I wonder if we really understand that it is God who is at work inside of us in all things. We looked at a couple of weeks ago in James, the brother, the half-brother of Jesus, who said, whenever things come at you, when trials come your way, not if, but when they do, count it all joy. And here we say, see that God says, in all things, we know that God's at work. In Micah chapter 6, verse 8 in the Old Testament, it says, he has shown you, O man, and another version, he has told you, O man, and another version says, shown you, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? What is the Lord asking of you? And, and, and many times people say, well, I don't want to go to church because the church is going to tell me to do this and this and this and this, and they're going to tell me to stop doing this and all this stuff. And no, 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 it should not be the church telling you what to do of anything what does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of me? And honestly, it's so great that he continues on and explains it to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with our God, with your God. This is what God has told us. This is what he's going to show us because this is what he expects from me. This is what he expects from you. But you are God's workmanship. This is the work that he has got going on in your life. This is the steps he's showing us of what he's wanting us, our goals to get to. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Now, I want you to just pause and think about it. This scripture kind of blows my mind. It's like, poof scripture we are his workmanship god's got it all worked out which god prepared before so before i was even born god had this whole works of good that he has planned for me beforehand before i was even here god has it and it's created in christ jesus so that we would walk in them just think about that just pause and think about that for a second 
God says, you're my workmanship. And I know many people have used the analogy of the, the pottery wheel, and it's spinning around, and you get this, this clay that you can just mold and make all these crazy shapes. And, and God is the one at the potter's wheel, and he's making all these. We're his workmanship. He's got a thing in his mind. He's got an image. He's got a plan for us. But it's not just so we have this thing on the wall, like many people have their, their um, mission statement on the wall that has nothing to do with what they actually do. No, he says, I, I have this in mind for you. I have this plan for you so that you'll walk in it, so you'll experience that life. And in the NLT, it says it a little bit different. It says, for we are God's masterpiece, and he created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Can I tell you that even us as a church, it's the same story. And it says in Psalms 127, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. So unless it's God who's building what we're doing here as a church and what you're doing in your own life, you're just working in vain. You're just going to toil and you're just going to get tired all the time because you're just off here spinning your wheels trying to make it happen. But I love the analogy of building because I grew up in the house of a master carpenter and my mom is, is amazing at drawing out plans for us and what we're going to do. And she has this great um, scheme of everything and there's never a dull moment. There's never a time that my mom doesn't have a project in mind and has been thinking about it and getting it all worked out. But when you're building a house or when you're building a, a commercial building, there's a couple of things that are required and are common and we see the same overlap in our life. And, and that's the plans. There's got to be the plans that are, someone has thought about it and put it down on paper so you can see, oh, this is where this room's going to go, and this is where this wall's going to go, and this is where this window's going to go. And, and then there's the how you're going to do it. How's it all going to tie together? Because someone can say, hey, I want a bunch of windows, and I want this, and I want that. Well, then how's that all going to work together? And you need the plans and then you need a builder who's able to put it all together. And, and I've seen my dad pour over plans for the jobs that he's bidding and, and just sitting there with his little cool little triangle um, ruler that he's just sitting there and measuring everything and calculating the number of studs down to the exact one and how many this the headers and all this stuff. And I've just seen him the time it takes to calculate all of that. And he studies to make reality just like the plans. See, if he didn't know how to do it, then reality would never look like the plans that was out there. And sometimes people, if they don't have as good of a builder, they'll, they'll have these plans, and then when they get the house, they're like, that has nothing to do with what I thought it was going to be. And, and you look at it and say, man, I, I don't really know how that turned out that way because that's not at all what I saw in my mind. But as my dad would work so hard and he would focus on making all those things there, then when you get the house built, he, you can look at it and go, wow, it looks even better here. And, and even if you had a house or a building that someone had messed up, my dad was the guy you wanted because he could figure out how to do it. In fact, there was a church that we were going to, we started going to, and they had all these different buildings, and they wanted to tie it together with one roof line. And, and I remember that no one could figure it out, and, and my dad was struggling with it, and God just showed him how to do it, and they were able to do it. And people were just talking about it forever. 
about what a great job it was. And, and even as a young man, that made a big impact on me. But can I tell you that that's the same thing that happens with God. He has great plans for your life. He has this blueprint that he's got laid out there, and, and he's put thought and intentionality to it. And he's like, okay, this is what, and then I see him doing this, and then they're going to do this. But he wants us to walk in it. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. It's plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. He says, listen, I have these great plans for you. There's a previous verse we saw. That you walk in it. Where where you're going to prosper is when you walk in God's plans. When you find no harm happening to you is when you're in God's plans. And when he gives you hope in a future is when you're actually looking at the blueprints that God has for you and not necessarily just going our own way and finding our own path. As we stand here at day 15 of 21 days of prayer, the next verse is, is amazing. As we see, we jump into the plans of God. Verse 12 says, then you will call on me. Come and pray to me and I will listen to you. I mean, it's not enough that we just have 21 days of prayer and fasting. If God isn't hearing us, we're wasting our time. We're losing sleep and going hungry. But you see, when we get into the plan that God has laid out for us and we walk into that, he says, then you'll call on me, come and pray. So he's like, man, jump into this and come and ask me. Verse 13 says, you'll seek me and find me when you're seeking me with your whole heart. He says, come, I desire for you to ask of me. And I was listening to 21 Days of Prayer yesterday with um, Highlands and um, Pastor um, uh, just went for my name. Uh, uh, Dino, Dino was talking about how he was talking to a missionary one time. He goes, listen, if you're going to pray, pray big. If you're going to ask God for something, ask big because there's nothing too big for God. He wants us to come and ask him. He wants us to ask him for big things even. He wants us to seek him. But it requires that I, it requires that you be all in. See, it's not just enough that God has great plans for my life, that great plans for your life, and that you're his workmanship and I am his workmanship. But it says, if you walk in it, he wants you to walk in it. Philippians 1 verse 6 says, being confident of this, that he, God, who began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion. He's not going to let your building just get the walls up and go, okay, I'm stopping right there. You know, sorry. God is constantly at work in our lives. And it is him, God, who began that good work inside of you. But we see that sometimes we don't always walk in the same things that God has on our blueprints for our lives. I love this scripture, and almost every week I've talked numerous times to people, and, and this is my go-to scripture because to me this lays it out the best of everything. And if you've been around here any length of time, you've heard this probably so many times. You can quote it as well, and that makes me really happy. But it's John 10, verse 10. Jesus is talking, and he's talking about two different kingdoms, 
two different paradigms, two different ways to live your life. I, I might even say it this way, two different plans for your life. He lays it out here. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That's one side. And man, if you just live life without God, you're going to constantly be coming up against things that are just stealing from you, robbing from your joy and robbing from your, your peace. And, and you're going to have anxiety attacks and night terrors. And you're going to have all these things because the enemy, he's only coming to do this. And he's going to try and talk you into killing yourself and into destroying your life and destroying other people's lives. That's this kingdom. That's this path. That's this plan. To steal, kill, and destroy you. But Jesus says, now the other side, and I just see the scales in my mind when I, re- when I read this and I talk about this. I, Jesus, have come that you may have life and have it to the full. He says, hey, listen, the plan for the devil is for you to have to be stolen from, to be killed, and to destroy. But my plans for you, says the Lord, is that you have life. But not just life, not just existing, but life to the full. I love what it says in the Message Bible. It says, better life than you've ever dreamed of. Many of us find ourselves in whatever age you are and whatever stage of life you're in and say, Wow, this isn't what I thought it was going to be when I was in high school. When I first got married, where I'm at now isn't what I really dreamt it was going to be. Hey, this job that I thought I was going to do and what I went to school for is not what I'm doing. And and we find ourselves that we don't have a life better than what we ever dreamed. Sometimes we look and say, man, our life isn't what I dreamt. And there's sadness and there's, there's... um, things that may be as regret. But Jesus is saying, I have a better life than you've ever even dreamed of. So even when we put additions in our life that aren't in God's plans, when the blueprints aren't saying to take this turn on the road and go down this way, He is a master workmanship to resolve and to turn things around for you and what the enemy actually deceives you and in his kingdom he's trying to kill steal and destroy you what he means for harm god is able to do this crazy transformation and make it come and work for your good joseph even talked about this in genesis 50 verse 20 He's talking to his brothers, and he says, you intended to harm me. In other words, putting it in our world, you're in this kingdom where the devil's just trying to hurt you. He's trying to destroy you. But God intended it for good. God was able to take that and turn it around to good and accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Can I say it another way in the, Old, in the New Testament in Romans 8, 28? says, and we know we start off with this, that in all things, God works. Now we're going to finish it. For the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. We know that God is at work in all things for those who love him. But what does God's plan look like? Can I tell you, it starts with knowing God. And I love that that's one of our four core tenets of our church. 
and, and that knowing God is this intimacy, this, this relationship that is there. It's not simply just, you know, hey, I went to church, I checked off a checkbox. Hey, I, I gave some money in the offering. I went online and I gave some money, so hey, I'm a good person. And I've got someone in my life who constantly tells me, hey, if I give money to your church, that goes for sure get me to heaven. No, it's not. Can I give more money and make sure I get to heaven? No, it's actually free to go to heaven. It, giving is a good thing you do as part of the plan that God has for you to prosper. But they, I'm not going to get down to that. But God wants you to have intimacy with him. To know God. See, it says, for those who love him. Those who have this intimate relationship with God, they'll spend time with God. As I was reading several weeks ago, and just I don't spend that much time on Facebook. It's usually just to post happy birthday greetings whenever I'm remembering to do that. And I'll, I'll miss a lot because I'll miss a few days of going on Facebook. And, and I'll just scroll down for maybe two minutes and see whatever things are on my wall just up at the top. And I, it could really distract me. And five hours later, still reading the wall things. And, and I really try and avoid that. But I saw one of my friends, Lindsay, had this testimony. And I was just drawn to it. Because the first words are, today my life was changed forever. Well, that was like clickbait to me because I'm like, well, let me go see how your life was changed forever today. And she wrote this thing that I'm going to read to you today. And it really is amazing. So here it is. She says, today my life was forever changed. I had my first session of a class I'm taking called Developing Intimacy with God. During my prayer time, I asked God, Father, I feel so lonely. And he said, yes, I miss you too. And can I tell you that God desires to have this intimacy with you in a prayer time that you pray to him and and he speaks back to you when we take the time to listen. And that's one of the great things of 21 days of prayer. Continuing on, she says, confused by the father's response saying, I miss you too. I said, father, what do you mean? That has nothing to do with what you, I just said to you. And he said, actually, it has everything to do with what you just said to me. Lindsay, loneliness is a lie. It actually doesn't exist. You compartmentalize your life and only include me in the spiritual parts of your life when I actually want to be included in every part of your life, spiritual and unspiritual. And I'm a part of your your spiritual and your unspiritual life. I never left you, nor have I forsaken you. He's saying that even in the things that you would describe, that that's a God thing. That's, a, that's my religious side. That's my spiritual side. And you say God's always there, but then we have our other life that we live over here. He's like, I want to be involved in both of those. And in both of those, I've never left you or forsaken you. And that's why I love one of the songs we did today. And it said, not for a minute was I forsaken. The Lord was always there with me. Continuing on. But you keep trying to strive in my presence when I've been sitting next to you this whole time, waiting for you to acknowledge me. Now, can you imagine setting next, have God sitting next to you this whole time, but you're oblivious to the fact that he's there? Because you may think, because it's not a spiritual thing, God's not interested in that. 
she goes on to say, I wept. Then I asked God, the Father, saying, okay, so what would my life look like if I didn't compartmentalize where I include you? In other words, if, if I don't just put these little things that this is a God thing, this is not a God thing over here, but I include you in everything. And he said, it would look like you waking up in the morning and see me sitting at the end of your bed, smiling over you, hearing me wish you a good morning. It would look like asking me what makeup look you should do today. I gave you the gift of art, and you're so good at it. I'd love to help you. It would look like holding my hand in the car on the way to your drive to school. It would look like introducing your non-believer friends and your family to me in day-to-day life. When you get hungry throughout the day, I want to go to lunch with you. I want to go to the grocery store with you. I want to eat a meal with you and just spend time hearing about your day. When you're frustrated and disappointed and you're having a bad day, I want to be the rock you can lean on. I want you to lay your head on my chest and let me comfort you, and I can handle you having a bad day. I'm not a father who just wants to do the spiritual things with you. I want, I want to read my word with you and reveal to you all the mysteries of the kingdom, and I want to go to the movies with you. I want to watch you worship, and I want to go with a walk I want to go for a walk with you in the park. I want to sit with you and hear all of your prayers, but I also want to talk with you while you're bored at work. I want to give you endless amounts of power, unexplainable Holy Spirit experiences, but I also want to be with you in the seemingly mundane. I created you to be intimate with me, not just in church, not just in prayer, not just in worship, not just in times of need, but in all that you do. I love you, Lindsay, and I want to spend the rest of your earthly life with you just as much as I want to spend eternity with you. And in that moment, a grace came over me, Lindsay's talking, and unlocked my heart. In worship, I wasn't just singing along with the words on the screen anymore, but I saw each word come to life, and I understand understood them completely for the first time. I didn't strive to feel your presence in my prayer today because I knew you were sitting right next to me, holding my hand. Realizing that you've been sitting there waiting for me to acknowledge you all along has unlocked my heart to intimacy and has forever changed the way I see and experience the Father forever. I'm forever changed. Please bow your heads with me. What a crazy glimpse into her private devotion time. In her private intimacy with God the Father. And yet, that's what He desires from me. That's what He desires from you. That intimacy, that, to see that He's sitting right beside you in the car driving to work, are you including Him? He's sitting there right beside you at work when you're bored out of your mind and like, I can't wait for the end of my shift to come. But how about you? Has your life been forever changed? Let me ask you like this. How well do you know God? Are you able to to see Him in your spiritual life? That when you pray to Him, that you're striving and hoping that He hears you. Or are you seeing that he's sitting right beside you because he never left you? He's never abandoned you. How much do you share with him? 
do you let him share with you? So on this 15th day of 21 days of prayer and fasting, how is your intimacy with God? The first prayer today I'm going to lead us in is how to know God. And the second one is intimacy. If you'd say today that I'm far from God, good news is today can change that. If that's you this morning, I just simply want to ask you to follow me in this prayer. Say, Jesus, my life's a mess, and I need you. I ask you to save me. Come live inside me. Change me. Show me what and how. Make me more like you. I'm changing my mind and my direction to your kingdom. I trust in you. I put my faith in you. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer for the very first time. And Lord, I I hear all the stories of the people who are listening all around the world and in the testimonies and the the people that I get to talk to personally and during the week. Lord, I've just had the visualization of people praying that prayer. Father, I pray that all of us, as we take that step to know you, whether it's the first time or a renewing time to come back, and maybe we've prayed it a million times, it's okay. For those who felt like they were far from you, God, I thank you that you're right there beside them. That, Lord, their feeling far from you isn't really what's going on. They need to come to you and bring their intimacy level to you. And, Lord, even those of us that would say, I think everything's going good in my spiritual life, and and, and, and you're preaching to the choir because I'm at church and I'm listening to the podcast. I'm watching the online church. God, that we'll be challenged just the same of where our level of intimacy is with you. And we'll take it to the next level. As we continue a week of prayer and fasting, that the next seven days are characterized by a deeper intimacy and a deeper level of following after you and recognizing you in the spiritual things in our lives and the things that aren't spiritual things. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, if you'll pull out your connection card, and if you're watching online, there's many different ways. You can go to our website, belongdfw.com, and there's a way you can do that there. Um, there's a pull-down bar on the belongdfw.tv. Um, on our Facebook page, you can get to it in several different ways. And it's simply just giving us your information as much as you want to give us. There's a place here to say my decision today. And we want to hear from you. We want to hear what God is doing in your life. We also want to be able to pray for you. As we finish strong this week of 21 days of prayer and fasting, We want to have as many of these things to pray for what's going on in your life as you can. In a moment, we're going to receive up everyone. Lenore's helping me out with it this morning. And there's also a way for everyone who's watching online. I just told you you can get the connection card there. But you can also go to, um, Michael told you about a little bit ago, to give to belong.com. And that's a way that you can invest into what we're doing here. 
and we appreciate everyone who's done that. And, and quite honestly, most the great majority of the, the giving that comes in is coming in through our online. So we're just so thankful for everyone, but want to make sure everyone knows about it. So if you'll stand to your feet, we're going to pray and be dismissed. Father, I thank you for all of the connection cards that are coming in. Lord, I thank you for all the prayer requests. Lord, I thank you for those who are even going to the website to give to the church this morning and those who have paid their tithes and their offerings and special offerings this week. Lord, we do pray for our missionaries, Lord, and that we have mission offerings, Lord, that we'll constantly be thinking about our missionaries and, and supporting them and, Lord, sending them financial support as well as prayer support. Lord, that this week as we focus on them, Lord, that you make a difference. You put an added smile on their face. And those things that are most concerning to them this week, that you'll resolve. That you'll speak to those things. And God, I just thank you for everyone in the sound of my voice. Lord, I speak a blessing over them. And Lord, I thank you that we're going to take the next level of intimacy with you.